Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And the wait is over. What the man said is true. It is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Edinburgh, Indiana, the uh, Timbergate Golf Course. We have most stellar and luminary people in the golf industry with us all the time. And today, it happens to be Matt Rudy from Golf Digest, the chief cook and bottle washer from the the Bible of the golf business. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. I was wondering when you were going to have this. You, you were talking about stellar guests. When when does that first? <laughs> we thought you could hook us up with a few, Matt. You know people. <laughs> run the presses because uh, my business is, is already becoming obsolete to a degree. J- journalism was seemed like a good idea in 1994 when I was getting out of Michigan State, but judging by the where we are with media in the country, that being a pressman might be a job that has more staying power than being a journalist. So You really think people are going to keep printing stuff, Matt? If you'd asked me that 10 years ago, I would have said we'd already be winding down, handing out things on dead trees. But I, I think there's there's a, even with the coaches that I do things with, you know, Jeff, you're one of them. The, the, there's something to be said for a coach getting an issue of golf digest physically and, mm-hmm. and opening it up and seeing an article in there or a, a tour player getting a cover story in golf digest in the print version that has a certain cachet that's different than being in a, on the website than being in a video than being in a digital product. So I think there's, there's still a place for printed material. I think it adds some permanence to what we do because so much of what you read and what you see is disposable. Permanence is what we're all after in terms of making content. You want to, I think what, what I do, I want to help people and I want to help coaches help people. The more you can deliver stuff that stays with people for a little while, I think the, the better you are at their, at your job. I, I would be lying to you if I if I didn't see the writing on the wall. My brother is eight years younger than me, and he's never subscribed to a physical magazine in his life. He's mm. forty. He's forty years old, yeah. and uh, I mean he he subscribes. He gets he gets different magazines, but he gets them in there in the digital form. In the digital form, yeah. My job is not going to be super different ten years from now than it is now. I'm going to be helping teachers and players and you know, coaches, peak performance people, talk about what they do. But that might be in a, you know, the mix of the format might be a little bit different, but fundamentally I'll be doing the same stuff. So whether it's going to be on paper, whether it's going to be on your computer, whether it's going to be floating ethereally through the air somehow that you're going to receive, we're going to talk to and about Matt Rudy and what he does and how you can benefit from it when we come up. Hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. In the age of COVID-19 restrictions, it is harder than ever for a guy in business to make a good first impression. Business cards are great, but you can't shove one through a phone. What do you do? Well, you need a digital business card. That's what you need to do, and I've got one. (laughs) Check mine out. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com. See what our Go cards are like. They are absolutely phenomenal way to do business in this day and age. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Go there now. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Grab your penis, grab your popcorn, sit back, relax. Baseball is back. There is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. You just pick 10 players, you stay under the salary cap, and you pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> baseball knowledge. Say, I ain't got it. Well, if baseball isn't for you, don't worry, because DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament, too. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. 
Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yes, thanks for hanging through the break. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Matt Rudy from Golf Digest is our guest. And Matt, you're talking about working with coaches and, and doing stuff that helps golfers and helps people. In a nutshell, what would you describe what it is you do? Uh, I, I, for the most part, I'm a ghost writer. I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a, a ghost content maker. So if, you, uh, if you're a tour player, I'm the person who bothers you for 10 or 15 minutes to talk about what you're doing with your game. And then I take that information and turn it, <clears throat> excuse me, into a, into an article or a video or a story for the website mm-hmm. that uh, uses that player's words to communicate what they do, but also to offer something to the average person you know, to get out of it. Um, and I do, I do that for coaches. I, I, I write articles and I produce video series and write books for, for coaches of all kinds, whether they're golf coaches or, or business coaches or peak performance sports psychologist types. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my job is um, helping people sound like themselves while also organizing what comes out of their mouths. So there's a beginning, a middle and an end. So you're the guy who makes Jeff sound intelligent. Or it's hard. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> it, it is. I gave him some gobbledy gook. We had a conversation on the phone a, f- a couple weeks back uh-huh. and yeah. uh, you know, he gave me the information of what it came out to be. And I thought, wow, <laughs> I didn't, think i sounded like that but it did well, it was an it was a nice organized little bit made me sound like i could speak well you know maybe i, I should I, maybe i should talk I should, to matt about this matt we're, we're doing a new website and for a week and a half now i've been asking jeff to update to update his biography uh he hasn't so i'm thinking maybe he can't is he teaching man maybe maybe you could do it for him matt because i need it like today <laughs> just put, and put a line at the end that says now i'm older <laughs> you know matt's done uh he was uh he helped out a a good friend of the show uh john we've 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 pushed this book on the show it was uh our buddy john dunnigan and his mm-hmm. book called hold it and right. i know that matt had quite a bit to do with that john yeah was the i mean john is a perfect example because i mean you won't find a smarter nicer more connected um, more compassionate coach. And um, what, I, what I think any professional in a, in a business other than mine struggles with is, number one, the time to do what it takes to organize all that material and then to, to have a second set of eyes look at it and, and give some, some honest opinion about you know, the, the organization and what's in there, what, what should be in there and what you could take out. And, and really, that's the hardest part of my job is because all of the coaches I deal with have great ideas and, and most of their ideas are great. And nobody wants to hear that, you know, some element of something should be taken out. And that, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I've done in 20 years of doing this is um, establish a reputation that I'll tell people what I think in a, in a kind way for the most part. I mean, there's a few people that probably don't think I'm the most kind, but um, in, in a kind way. And with some with some uh, context, tell people um, here's where I think the material is strongest. Here's where I think the material needs work, and this and here's how you aim this at the audience you're you're after. And the most the, the, the big the biggest piece of what I do, I think, is is trying to to make sure that people sound like themselves. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there are there are other outlets that you can get golf material from where there's some uh, tour players and coaches and the the tone can be homogenized where it sounds like the same person is saying the words and maybe the average person doesn't notice that but i do and 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 i know that with articles and books and things like that it might be the the first shot somebody has to do it or it might be the last shot that somebody has to do it but mm-hmm. that's a it's a really important element uh, in that in that teacher's profile and i want someone to read something that we work on together and say, that's exactly how I would have put it if I had unlimited time to, right. to get my thoughts together. And that's, that's what I'm after every time I do something. That's got to be difficult though, to, to basically uh, remove yourself and your own voice and it is. become somebody it is. else basically is what you're doing. I think it's easier to do now, but, th- but, but there's certainly uh, everybody has an ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do for sure. And everybody likes to see their name 
in print and you have to change around what your what your satisfaction comes from when you do this because there's no doubt that when I do a book with Hank Haney or or, you know, or anyone, Mike Adams or you know pick a pick a coach, mm-hmm. Dave Stockton, Stan Utley, you, you pick if you, th- those people are the ones selling the books. It's not me, right. and their name is big on the book, and and that's what people are looking for. So so the satisfaction I have, I get comes from the long term relationships that I have with people. You know, I've been doing things with my friend Randy Smith for going on 21 years down in Dallas and and uh, I did four books with Dave Stockton and 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 when people are satisfied with how they're portrayed that, that that's different than being the star yourself but mm-hmm. um, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that part of it so you've written almost as many books as James James Patterson you just don't have the <laughs> ego stroke that he gets every well, time he has a lot more money <laughs> yeah, so. that's true too <laughs> James Patterson has a lot of books, but he doesn't have to write the next one. I've got three kids, 11 and under. I have to. Write yes, you do. You know, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've, you've done um, through a lot of the golf professionals. Can you even come close to counting how many uh, articles that you have been involved with just in your magazine alone that you've been involved with and how many different uh, golf professionals you've actually been working with? Articles. Well, I think I've taken lessons from in the high 30s out of the current top 50. I think I've taken lessons from that many. Um, That's a whole other other subject. Um, I think I've done 25 cover stories Mm -hmm. and um, I probably average 10 instruction pages, which is, is probably three to four articles in an issue over. 11 or 12 issues a year for 21 years. Mm. Um, it's a lot. Wow, and yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's, and, and, and I'm not at math, but I'll just say that's a lot. Right. And, and the challenge for me is to not get jaded. I don't want a coach to call me up and, and I just, and, and the coach has a, a, to, to a really cool new idea. And it seems like they're just pitching it to somebody who's bored with golf instruction. I don't ever want to be that guy and and the challenge is always going to be and and you know it as a as a golf professional the 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 person you see tomorrow who's getting their first lesson it's their first lesson it might be your eighth lesson of the day or it might be the five thousandth time that you've taught someone how to hold it or you know how to set up but it's their first experience so what i really try to do is is get enough sleep first of all (laughs) and number two um have a good mix of people that I do things with and um, mixing tour players and mixing old school kind of uh, people. I've, I've had a really interesting time this week. We're working on a piece about Tiger and I've been able to spend some time on the, on the phone with Bill Harmon, who's as old school as it comes, but someone who's always right. looking for new information and right. that I give him so much credit. He goes out and he try, and he finds people with, the, the latest technology and the newest information and he tries to go find out something new and to be able to talk to someone with that kind of experience and that kind of energy for the profession after doing it for 50 years and then go talk to someone like my good friend Mike Jacobs who's right. dedicated 15 years of his life to literally inventing some of that technology and spending and, an awful lot of his own oh, it's, resources you know, and, and to, to do what he's doing yeah, to see those kinds of coaches and to hear the innovations that, that, that they have and the insight that they have and then to mix it with some of the other outside work I do. And I mean, I, I did a book with a financial advisor who works with hip hop stars and athletes, and that's totally outside of golf. Mm-hmm. He, it's different. It's, it, it's different in every way you can imagine, but it's also similar because it's ghostwriting for a coach who does something for people at a high level. So to be able to, to, to wait outside of the, here's what a strong grip looks like. And here's how to hit a bunker shot stuff from time to time is, is really interesting for me too. We're going to come right back after a quick break here. And uh, I always like to ask people who are involved in the golf business, but not as a golfer, um, a, a couple of quick questions and we will get to them when we come right back because we are those weekend golf guys and that's what we do. We come right back. So stick with us. 
Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golfguys. You know, right now in the year 2020, hiring is more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help make sure you get the best people available. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Now, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed's going to get you that important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash weekend. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash weekend. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lick Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In the age of COVID-19 restrictions, it is harder than ever for a guy in business to make a good first impression. Business cards are great, but you can't shove one through a phone. What do you do? Well, you need a digital business card. That's what you need to do, and I've got one. <laughs> Check mine out. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com. See what our go cards are like. They are absolutely phenomenal way to do business in this day and age. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Go there now. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Grab your penis, grab your popcorn, sit back, relax. Baseball is back. There is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. You just pick 10 players, you stay under the salary cap, and you pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> baseball knowledge. Say, I ain't got it. Well, if baseball isn't for you, don't worry, because DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament, too. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And we're back this weekend, Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton. It's Jeff Smith, our, gu- our guest, Matt Rudy from Golf Digest Magazine. And Matt, you say you went to a journalism school, Michigan State? I did. Michigan State. Did you play golf? Do you play I didn't. golf? Okay. I guess the question is you are now immersed in the golf industry, in golf in general sure. with professionals and amateurs alike. What made you say golf? Was it just that this was a place that offered you a job because you had? a great degree in journalism or, you know, I, I got out of college and I worked for a year for a guy in Detroit, Michigan. His name was Larry Donald and he ran basketball times magazine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a huge magazine, but it was a really influential one. Larry knew everybody. And for a year, thanks to his largesse, I was able to get access to Mike Krzyzewski and Tom Izzo, all, you know, great, great coaches and, and write substantial pieces that gave a 21-year-old uh, more experience than someone my age might otherwise have gotten. And that was just the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. And that job got me in the door at Sports Illustrated. And I worked for four years as a reporter at Sports Illustrated. And half of my job was college basketball. And, and, and when college basketball was off, back when the seasons were more traditional, mm-hmm. I was a golf reporter. So that, oh, okay. that just happened to be what the opening was. And my college basketball experience was part of what got me that gig. So, yeah, in the beginning, I mean, I played golf in high school. I played tennis. Tennis is my best sport as a participant. But college basketball was my first area of emphasis. Working when Golf Plus started, back when Sports Illustrated was a real magazine and they had the (laughs) Golf Plus section, there was so much content that came in week in, week out, and so much to do that that's where my emphasis 
started to go to because just there was there was so much opportunity. And then that led to a book. I did a book with Johnny Miller, okay. and then I took a job at Golf Digest in 1999. I've been there since then. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, right. You made a comment, too, that you have taken lessons from from uh, 30, 38 members of the top 50 golf instructors. So how confused are you now? You know, it's funny because my index, I think, is 10 points higher than when I started at Golf Digest. <laughs> I'll never forget, I left Sports Illustrated to do that book with Johnny Miller. And the advice he gave me actually made me five shots worse uh, almost right out of the gate because I, I used to hit this low, hard draw and he got me much more upright and I started missing the ball in both directions. And I've never been the same player. This is in 2000 or 1999. I've never, I haven't been the same player since then. And I think all the instruction, the well-meaning instruction from lots of teachers, uh, I think my favorite story about that, I took back-to-back lessons from Rick Smith and Randy Smith. Both of them are terrific teachers. They said opposite things about what I should do. Those kinds of things have been tough. I lose more bets, I think, because of it. And it's been tough on my my game in particular. But those experiences help me with my job because it reminds you over and over again that the language you use and, and how things are framed and the context behind advice. Like our friend Mike Adams always says, you know, every tip is a good tip for somebody. Right. So, so how do you write something for 3 million people it's not going to ruin somebody over here at one end and make this other person over here win the club championship. That's hard to do. And mm-hmm. I don't know that it's possible to do, but the ambition should be to try to do that. Right. That, that gets to something that I've always heard as a, as a golf instructor, people come to me and they say stuff along the lines of, well, I bet all these golf magazines are helpful to your business. And I said, what, what do you mean? And they said, well, they're screwing up a lot of people. And, and a lot of it is what you just made mention of is, Maybe that little thing that you wrote or that teacher said in the magazine wasn't really built for the person who read it. And they didn't get good advice because they tried to make something that wasn't for them fit them and it messed them all up. How do you deal with stuff like that? There's a lot that goes into that. There's certainly been stories that when I look back on it, would I have executed them differently today than I would have 10 years ago? Sure. But there's also reading comprehension that goes into it. People read things quickly. They don't read things carefully. I get emails and letters from people who are enraged about something that I wrote, and I have to point out to them that what they're saying I wrote is the opposite of what I actually wrote. They turn the wrong knob. You can be angry about something not working, but you have to turn the, the knob according to the directions. Also, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic, too, just because there's so much, there's such an ocean of content that if you were determined to look at Golf Digest without some kind of curation or some kind of system to evaluate that content, I, I mean... Almost everything we've done since the 90s is available on our website. Mm-hmm. So if you were determined to find conflicting information, you well, can find an article from 1994 that says open your stance as wide as you can and to grip it really weak. And you could find an article from 2007 that said something different. And as we all know, trends in golf instruction change. Equipment changes. The ball changes. The, 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 it's a moving target year in and year out. Also, there's some ownership for that with coaches and players. My job is to be a conduit for a coach. I'm communicating what the coach or the player is telling me, and and I'm making it coherent. Some of those ideas haven't been field tested the way some others have. My job is to make it something that the average person can consume and try for themselves. But there's a reason why some coaches are legends and other coaches are selling insurance now. I mean, that's <laughs> that's true in every profession. I'm not it's true for dentists. It's true for you know heart surgeons. There's people in my profession. All you have to do is read the political commentary that's been coming out in the last couple of years in this crazy time we're in. Mm-hmm. And there's people that take their job very seriously and do the best they can. And there's people that are trying to light stuff on fire. It's been an interesting time because I've bridged over from when any, there wasn't a website. When I when I was at Sports Illustrated, there wasn't there was no such thing as SI.com. Through the the birth of the internet and the birth of video and social media, the the parameters of this job have certainly grown since I started doing it. And I'm glad that's happened because I think if you went to the circus and watched someone juggle one ball, it wouldn't be that exciting. <laughs> you know, just just as a quick aside. Uh, when you were at Sports Illustrated, do they, rather than handing out monetary bonuses for good work, like let you go to the, the swimsuit issue photo shoot or something? They did something better than that. When they had the swimsuit issue party, they assigned people of my pay grade to be the chaperones for the models. So we, <laughs> we, we went to the, par- the party and made sure that people didn't harass the models. <laughs> 
<laughs> or other people didn't harass yeah. the models. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that was pretty good. My first year at Sports Illustrated, I started at the beginning of 1995, and SI had just won the National Magazine Award. I think it was the week after I showed up. They took the entire staff to Orlando for a week, fancy resort, and had a party. And then later on for the Atlanta Olymp- Olympics, they took the entire staff to Atlanta for the Olympics, mm. and you could, would go down to this table, and they had tickets to every event in the Olympics for that wow. day. Wow. And you just picked what you wanted to go watch, and you went and watched it. And every night they had a huge party. My enduring memory of the of uh, Atlanta Olympics was standing with Huey Lewis and talking to the Matt Gafari, the Olympic wrestler, mm-hmm. about rock and roll and wrestling. And I mean, those were the days of big budget magazines, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to experience it. But it isn't surprising to me that Ultimately, someone decided to be a little more careful about how they spent the money. Yeah, it happens in every venue. I have so many friends who are out of work now because an unnamed large dark force in the radio business has decided to consolidate everything and save money. You know, I I don't see why keeping the same format, just using a computer screen instead of paper, would really hurt the magazine industry. And they can still do everything. Just like anything else, it changes the math. I'm 48 are about to be 48 and my 11 year old has no connection to physical magazines aside from the nostalgia of the mm. ones that come with her dad's name in them. but she doesn't have the intense connection to printed material even in book form that i did or you did right it's to me that's not any different than the relationship you have with your phone i, I don't have i don't have a, a landline in my house no. you probably don't eat no sir I, no. I don't anymore no yeah and and if you said something like that to my 11 year old, if you gave her, oh, there's that funny video that's on, that's a, that's went viral with those teenagers. Their the dad put a dial, a rotary phone in front of them and say, here, figure out how this works. They, they're looking <laughs> no at idea. It. Yeah. It's a tele. So yeah. I don't think that, that media is so different because I think if we had been sitting around in 2000 talking about Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's, what, here's the thing where any anybody can sign up for an account and just talk about whatever they're thinking about in, in the minute. And then they can actually have a direct confrontation with, you know, Tony Finau or Max Homa or mm-hmm. Brooks Cap. You know, the, 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 the potential, even if it's remote, to have actual insight and interaction and, and battles with your favorite political figure. And yeah. uh, I don't think any, I think none of us would have thought that would ever be a thing, number one. Number two, we would not have been able to figure out the best ways to use that medium right. uh, to make money. Yeah. And, and, and people are still figuring that out. And, yes, definitely. and all of those things, the, the, the connection that people can have with athletes and with celebrities and with authorities is different now than it was in 1990 or 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, I think media companies – are trying to figure out what their role is. You know, how, how, you know, it used to be that the only way to hear about what Tiger Woods was doing was there, you know, Pete McDaniel was the golf digest writer who had access to Tiger and wrote our stuff, mm-hmm. you know, in golf digest. And that was the only outlet to get it. But now, I mean, Tiger has a website, Tiger has a Twitter feed, Twitter, yeah. Tiger has an Instagram account. And for a lot of people, that's enough for, to get their, you know, to get their Tiger Woods, information and what media companies have to do is figure out a way and, and a lot of that is that's a big part of what my job is which is to say you can go get i mean if you if you go right now on youtube and look up slice fixes there's 17 million of them you can find <laughs> unlimited least. content right. anytime you any time of day yeah. from any cook you want my job is to, to is to say Hey, we've looked at all this stuff. Here are the here are the best coaches with the best information, and here's how it applies directly to you. Not, right. not random, right. you know, uh, tip that could apply to anyone, but specific stuff that's going to help you where you sit. You might be the 14 handicapper who wants to play in the B flight next year instead of the C flight. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. It's not some general tip from 1997 that has you know a. 200 cc driver head in a in a steel shaft it's just you know, it's just not the- remember that stuff matt rudy from golf digest our, our guest here on those weekend golf guys and matt you're never going to know the pleasures of having teenage daughters with a subscription to tiger beat magazine i feel sorry for you <laughs> yeah but i will know that the pleasures of, of teenage daughters who each have their own internet connected device you could find <laughs> anything <the far> <laughs> 
We'll be right back. Hang with us. You know what you need to do business in this day and age of COVID-19? Don't touch me. Stay away from me. Don't talk to me in person. You need a brand new digital business card. And I've got the perfect one for you to take a look at. Go to golfguys.gotmygocard.com. Golfguys.gotmygocard.com. In the age of COVID-19 restrictions, it is harder than ever for a guy in business to make a good first impression. Business cards are great, but you can't shove one through a phone. What do you do? Well, you need a digital business card. That's what you need to do, and I've got one. (laughs) Check mine out. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com. See what our Go cards are like. They are absolutely phenomenal way to do business in this day and age. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Go there now. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And it is us those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Matt Rudy from Golf Digest, our guest on the show this weekend. We've been talking about the past, present, and future of journalism. Let's get a little more golf specific. And again, Matt, you, you were saying you've taken so many lessons from so many, 38, I think, of the top 50 teachers, and, and you're confused, and your handicap is increased. Here's a here's an aside. Do people automatically assume you're a great golfer because you work for Golf Digest magazine? They do, and it's a lot of pressure. I just... We did a, our first little gentle foray to vacation in COVID time. We rented an RV and okay. we kept ourselves isolated from everybody else. And I went out and played socially isolated golf with my cousin. We hadn't played together in years. And when you step on the tee, just like you said, your thought is, well, I mean, everyone is going to think I'm going to hit this one 320 down the middle because I write golf books and, right. and do all kinds of interactive golf digest articles with great coaches. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to play well. And I think my fundamental issue is, is I'm not confused. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I can tell you exactly what you should do. The difference is I don't have time to practice and play because mm-hmm. I have kids in life. And number two, I know seven pathways to hitting a good bunker shot, not just one. Mm-hmm. And the, when you're standing over it and there's seven different ways to do it, that's not a not a conducive model. Yeah. You kind of pick something. And so I really tried over the last couple of years to, to narrow my golf instruction to just uh, i think it's three three coaches now which is far less than it used to be (laughs) and i'm trending in the right direction because the ankle surgery was a big deal i'd been hobbling for a few years so Mm. it's going to be good to be at full speed you know so when when you when you talk to other golf professionals is it always talking shop are they always trying to either get in your ear because they'd like to get in your magazine are they trying to talk to you about golf stuff are you always trying to get to glean who's giving their information in a new creative fun way how does how does that work for you when you go there when it comes to input what i'm after two things i'm after good ideas and i'm after people with different voices communicating those ideas. And I, and I say this to every coach that calls me up. If, if we're going to do a boilerplate instruction story about basics of grip stance, we have Butch Harmon and David Ledbetter and Dan Caney and Jim McLean and you know super famous established coaches. If something is going to be straightforward, then it requires the brand name of the coach to, to drive that story. Mm-hmm. But what I'm after is you know kind of the, and I'll use my friend Mike Jacobs as the model. Mike is doing things that very few people are doing. And he's has um, data and insights and uh, an approach to it that not many coaches can copy. That's a very specific outlier example, but it suits the the point I'm trying to make, which is if you know if Mike Jacobs is going to do a story in golf Titus, it has the potential to look very different than somebody else's story, and that's a part of the puzzle. It's part of the recipe, part of the mix. So then when I can go and do something with, if I do something with you, Jeff, or I do something with Mark Blackburn, or if I do something with, I mean, pick a coach, you know, different, different em- emphasis, different area of specialty, uh, different uh, language. 
I can make up a more attractive buffet because there's different things from different coaches who look different, who sound different, who have different ideas. It's not just a bunch of guys in khakis telling me that I need a stronger grip and I need to move the ball forward in my stance. So I'm after people who are communicating ideas in a different way. I mean, golf is physics. There are basic physical elements to the swing that are, that are the same. And you're just like Taco Bell. You know, Taco Bell has five ingredients. And they put them in different yeah. put them in configurations. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, that my, if the legacy of this interview should be that golf instruction is Taco Bell, but you could, you're, you're rearranging deck chairs to a degree. Which kind of people, which, which coaches have the personality and the connection with students and the and you know them, you and I, we've been around them, which coaches, when you watch them, you're, you're, you think, I can't wait to hear more about what that person is going to say. And like I was saying with Bill Harmon earlier, coaches who are, who have openness to hearing different ideas and learning things and coming back with, with new stuff based on a conversation we had where they said, Hey, I was thinking about what you were talking about. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. 90% of the coaches that I deal with who, who, who call me or email me with an idea, when I discuss these kinds of parameters, don't ever call me back or don't ever email me back. It's just they're, they're not going to do it. But the ones that persevere have something interesting to say. I'm excited to hear it because who among us wants to be doing the same thing every day, every week, every month? I've been doing this for 21 years now. And if it was that way, I'd have some other line of work. Well, I, I think that goes right to what we had said earlier is that the magazine sounds different, you know, where people the, go and take that what you just said and go right back to the reader. And, and how you wrote it was something in a different way because it was new and creative, sure. but yet it may have been the same concepts. Sure. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a great example. I was doing something with uh, Claude Harmon III, related to Brooks Kepka. So Claude teaches Brooks, and that, I mean, that's, that, that's very specialized content that, that only a tour coach give, particular to that player. And we were talking about other kinds of things that we could do. And he had two ideas, and they were both really interesting and unique. Claude Harmon, the original Claude Harmon, won the Masters. His grandfather and his dad is Butch Harmon. Claude wanted to take an article that the original Claude did in Sports Illustrated in 1960 and take the instruction images and do a mod- modern interpretations of those, of those images. That's a home run. It's a different hook. But the material is not earth-shattering. I mean, it's not... It's not you know, it's all, it's, you know, how to hit a bunker shot, you know, how to aim, you know, it's, it's, right. it's relatively straightforward instruction, but the hook was very different. And then the second idea he had was he, he loves to cook. He's a, he's a near professional level chef. We were examining this idea that um, building a golf swing is a lot like a recipe. You know, you, you sometimes need more of some certain ingredient or less of some certain ingredient. And if you get the, the mixture incorrect or the, or the ratios are wrong, you end up with something that's got too much salt in it, or you know, it doesn't the, it doesn't turn out. And so we did a series of videos that were built along the lines of those cooking shows that you see in our mm-hmm. Discovery is our is Golf Digest's new owner. You know, the Food TV Food Network is our. It's our, we're under the same roof now. Mm-hmm. And so um, we built a video series along those that same line, where golf instruction was like cooking. How do you add? You know, how do you build the make the building blocks of a cake? But then how do you add the zip to the end of it that makes your cake stand out? Well, you have to you have to actually make the cake correctly first, you know, mm-hmm. the basic material with the cake. Mm-hmm. But then the, the spice, the little, the little details at the end are what separate a fine chef from somebody who can read a, read a recipe in a book. And a golf swing is a lot the same way. If you can't make center contact with the ball, you can't get the ball off the ground. You shouldn't be worried about zipping your irons back, you know, <laughs> 10 feet on a shot. And the, and the advice that came out of that was not – earth-shattering tip, you know, the, the tips weren't things that you'd never heard before, but the construct that they were built around, the hook, was mm. totally different. And and I think, like, like we were talking about before, if, if in a media landscape where there's unlimited information, those kinds of hooks are what put information in context in, in a package that the average person can then consume and say, all right, here's, there's a beginning to this, a middle and an end, there's a path for me to take. This yeah. is, I do this, then I do this, then I do this, and I and I can get an outcome, and that's that's what we're all after. I've got one thing to say, other than the fact that you've made me hungry. Knowing that about Claude Harmon, it, it, being very close to being a 
professional level chef. I need to hang around that guy because I want to be a professional level eater. So I think we can get along beautifully. <laughs> well, yeah. I can, those guys in general don't play when it, when it comes time to go out to dinner. You want to be the hanger on for that crowd because you're not going to end up at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 had a, a couple of opportunities to have uh, some good friends, mutual friends of ours that I've been out to dinner with them. And, and we go to some pretty interesting places and I, and I let them order and they go, you'll like this. I'm like, all right, I bet I will. <laughs> That's because they laughed at him when he ordered the golf course hot dog. Well, the first you know, time they went out that to was the them. thing. I asked them if they had one and if they could grill it just to make it look a little nicer. But, you know, the looks that I got across the table were not not pleasant. Matt, let me give you a little anecdote as to uh, how actually Jeff got involved with us here. One of the things that I have always thought having taken lessons uh, very seldom because one is I'm one of those guys who was embarrassed to take a lesson because I thought I couldn't play well enough to actually stand in front of a golf pro and swing a golf club. (laughs) Jeff will tell you everything. And then a a guy came, one of the guys who used to work uh, with us and help him find guests and stuff came and said, Hey, there's this golf teacher up in Indiana. You got to have on as a guest. He's really cool. So I called Jeff and said, would you be interested? And he did. He came down. We did We did the show. And the first thing that struck me was Jeff spoke English. He delivered everything people needed to know in a way that people could understand. Sure. And he wasn't trying to make golf magic like some of the yeah. older teachers I had run into. And that's the thing that I think is, is it a new trend or a recent trend or something? But the communicate communicative abilities of some of these teachers is actually on the same level as, as the amateurs. They're speaking the same language now. Instead of saying, open your stencils, they move your front foot back, you know, things like that, that people can actually understand without having to take a, a lesson in the meaning of the words associated with golf <laughs> exclusively. I think that's a great observation. And I think you're 100% accurate with that observation. And the metaphor I would use, um, I'm sitting here in my little office at home and I have a I have a Mac on my desk here. And I think what golf coaches are getting much better at, Jeff is a, is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. If you look at a, at your Mac or your, your Apple computer, the, the interface is really simple. Mm-hmm. If, if you remember what Windows computers were like in the 90s, even just to boot the machine was difficult. Yeah. Everything is, there was no such thing as pointing and clicking a mouse and opening what you want. And, and the, the genius of, the, of Apple was to have a very complicated device on your desk that did everything that a personal computer was supposed to do. But all of that was behind the scene, behind a very friendly framework that you, that you looked at every day. I think that's what great golf coaches are doing now. It doesn't mean the fact that they're speaking in plain language to you does not mean they don't know the specifics and the science. There's a lot of hard work and eyeballing and research and mentorship. I mean, there's just so many things that go into being a great coach. And if if a bunch of heart surgeons were sitting around discussing the, the operation that they just did, they would speak to each other in a different way. Exactly. Than a great than a great heart surgeon would be speaking to you while you were laying there about to go get your heart operated on. And there are coaches slash teachers slash heart surgeons that would sit in front of you and go, "Well, I'm going to cut through this, and I'm going to go do this," and 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 they would lay it out for you in those very technical terms. Those are the ones that you say don't have a very good bedside manner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like maybe we should rethink this. Can I get a second or a third opinion? Right. And that that surgeon better have gone to Johns Hopkins and better be the greatest surgeon in the world yeah. to offer that bedside manner. And and I think the greatest coaches that I've been around are the ones that know the information. They've given a lot of lessons. They know cause and effect. They know how to deal with people. They know that what you say to somebody, Randy Smith is a genius at this. I've never seen anyone else do it to his level where he's actually telling people, if, if you recorded a lesson from him and listened to the words he used, you would say, he's telling that person the wrong thing. But what he's telling them is something that's getting them to do what they should be doing in their swing. I, he did it with me. You need to swing so that the club never goes behind your body in your backswing. Well, the club does go behind your body. It's impossible to swing without it going behind your body. But what he was telling me was a way of getting me to hear that it was going too far behind me. And I think what can get lost in social media land with 10 word tweets and you know mm-hmm. little you know 10 second videos is the subtlety of language and how to deal with people and and I think modern coaches because of all the different ways you have to communicate now 
the generation that's coming now, the, the ones that are in their mid twenties and thirties and coming up in our rankings and things like that, they have mastered for good and for bad, these different ways of communicating to lots of different people. And I, and I think it's, we're in a, we're in exciting times in golf instruction, but I do sincerely believe, and I'd be interested to hear Jeff, Jeff your take on it, that the average, the, the, dead stock average golf lesson that you get in 2020 is vastly better than the one you'd have gotten in 1990. Oh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, about and we'll, that. we'll get Jeff's uh, opinion on that when we come right back. Cause we got to take a quick break. We are those weekend golf guys hang with us. We got some time yet. You know what you need to do business in this day and age of COVID-19. Don't touch me. Stay away from me. Don't talk to me in person. You need a brand new digital business card. And I've got the perfect one for you to take a look at. Go to golfguys.gotmygocard.com. Golfguys.gotmygocard.com. In the age of COVID-19 restrictions, it is harder than ever for a guy in business to make a good first impression. Business cards are great, but you can't shove one through a phone. What do you do? Well, you need a digital business card. That's what you need to do, and I've got one. <laughs> Check mine out. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com. See what our Go cards are like. They are absolutely phenomenal way to do business in this day and age. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Go there now. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com And this is us, those weekend golf guys, John Ashton, along with Jeff Smith, Matt Rudy from Golf Digest Magazine. He's been our guest all morning this morning. And you had mentioned uh, at the end of last segment, Matt, that golf lessons today are substantially better than they would have been 30 years ago. And it's because of the maturation or at mm -hmm. least the evolution of golf instruction per se and some of the guys who were doing it like Jeff. So, uh, Jeff, what, what do you think? You, you're consciously into this trying to communicate better. Thanks. Oh, I am. It, you know, and, and, and a long time ago when I started to, to teach golf and, and to just stop being a, a club professional and just go teach because that was my passion, that was what I was good at, was, was plain and simple golf school. And, and I didn't name it after myself. I just named it that mm -hmm. because it needs to be that. It needs to be proper communication. You've got to get through to the students whatever language that it is that gets it done. And and this goes to some of the things like earlier, Matt said, you know, about how specific we need to be with our language. John, you hear me all the time on the show. And I'm trying to paint a picture as clear as I can to mm -hmm. let everybody know that there is no hocus pocus here. This yeah. is not magic. This exactly. is just getting it done, right? Why is it that I do some of the things that I do? I've had people watch me teach, John. You've, you've seen people come up and, and just watch me mm -hmm. and I teach. And, you know, being part of the PJ faculty, I, I, I do this and I'm teaching the younger teachers to teach. And all the time, the big questions come up is, why did you do that? Why did you say it that way? Well, it's because I felt that that was what was right to get through to this particular student about what it was because not everybody responds to the same thing. So think about all the things that, that Matt's been involved in writing in Golf Digest magazine and how many people he's trying to get across. So he has to try to make make it sound like the, the teacher and yet still make it sound like it's got to get through to an awful lot of people because he knows there are millions and millions of people that are getting this information. So mm -hmm. if Matt and I get together and do something, he's trying to peel out what I'm saying, try to put it into context. Right, and then trying to make the masses understand what the heck that is—the unwashed masses—it yeah. makes it it makes it difficult sometimes. Matt, we really do appreciate you carving out some time to spend with us here on this weekend, golf guys. <laughs> Little shameless self promotion. Um, how can people read your stuff, real quick? Uh, GolfDigest.com is okay. is the easiest way. Uh, my own website is RudyWriter.com. With that's got all the books I've done and things like that. And uh, I always love talking to fellow travelers in the golf business so this has been a lot of fun and anytime you need some more bad golf instruction advice <laughs> matt we appreciate it substantially matt rudy golf digest magazine jeff smith yes sir golf instructor par excellence and me we'll all be back you can find us at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golfguys. Get some instruction. Maybe read one of Matt's books. Just pick up some clubs and go out and play some golf. For our bonus content this week, we go back to this weekend a couple years ago. We had our favorite golf mom, Cindy Anderson, with us. And her daughter's been given the advice to give up tennis and concentrate on golf. And Jeff says, that's a bad idea. Let's find out why. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there, intrepid producer Mark Hunter, the other side of the glass, Cindy Tandy Anderson, still in the studio with us here, extolling the virtues of a child who plays golf. 
All right, so, uh, Jeff, she was giving the advice that she should give up uh, tennis, and you said, I disagree. Why? I do. Um, here's a couple things. Uh, from a parental point of view, you want your child to develop athletic skills. Even though golf might be her primary sport, all the other sports help develop the body and the mind. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there is no burnout because you dropped the other sports just for golf. Now, let me give an example. Oh, there you go. Um, I have sense. a son who runs cross country and who's also a, a standout golfer. Those two sports do not really truly conflict mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in season. Neither does tennis and golf. Right. In season. So what your daughter is going to get is more athleticism because of tennis. She develops more hand-eye coordination. Mm -hmm. She develops the golf swing that she has because tennis helped develop it. Mm -hmm. Her competitive mind also develops because of tennis. Mm -hmm. Now, in tennis, you are competing against someone else, hitting balls back and forth, moving and you basically learn to just be a performer and it's instant you don't have time to sit there and wallow in your misery about the last shot because mm-hmm. here comes another ball right so it develops a lot of things and i think tennis is one of those sports that i try to get more golfers to do as a secondary sport mm-hmm. between that and swimming i think those two sports right there do so much to develop a golfer because of the things I mentioned. And again, let me mention the burnout thing. I don't want my son to burn out. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be all golf and no other sports Mm -hmm. because then he doesn't develop as a normal human being and an athlete develops because he only did one thing, one sport. And you get really tired of it if Mm -hmm. that's all you did. And we don't want that for our children. Right. So. Yeah. Her, we're going to keep her. I don't know that she's going to. I don't. We're going to keep her playing because um, her dad played for U of L, And we're going to keep her playing, you know, even if it's just in like leagues at mm-hmm. the racket clubs or yeah. whatever. Right. I just don't know that she's going to put as much weight on the tennis team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As she thought she was at this point. Yeah. Because the tennis teams are so deep and so thick with kids that, like you say, yeah. have been driven and, yeah. you know, tennis balls, tennis balls since they were five and six. Well, parents, you know have, a tendency to, t- parents have a tendency to do that. I've, I've been reading a lot of things, I'm sure you have too, about the, the uh, travel baseball teams. Crazy. And travel basketball teams and the whole AAU thing about how it's just really. Volleyball is another one. Yeah. It's, it's just killing I, kids. It's, yeah. Because it stops being fun. And that's, that's as a parent, I mm. couldn't. I mean, if that was what we had to do, that I mean, that's I'm down for whatever, yeah. I and mean, I'll do whatever for sure. my child. But I mean, no, we and her dad is a as a tennis pro, mm-hmm. you know, playing for U of L, and then he was a pro for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like a monster. Yeah. You know, her dad's a tennis yeah. monster, and so he he always cautioned. You know, oh my god, do you know how many kids I've seen burn out, burn out, mm-hmm. burn out? I mm-hmm. said. Yeah, but Jeff, I'm not shoving golf balls down her throat since she was two. I'm like, yeah. I'm not a stage mom. I yeah. keep telling him, don't be, don't be like Honey Boo Boo's mom, because uh-huh. I'm like, you're the one that with the competitive crazo. Yeah. We're the one. You're the one I have to watch out for, <laughs> not me. No, but he's he's all down with it, and he's he's learned to sit on his competitive hands, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. sort of let this roll. But he is very knowledgeable. He's very good yeah. at both sports, yeah. and so yeah, we don't. I'm with you on on have it or not quit. But I think that at first she really thought that it was going to be like high school tennis team. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of because, see, Coach Frank is tennis and golf. Mm-hmm. And their tennis program, as you well know, is so, or any almost girls tennis program, right. you know, you're 25, 30 girls deep. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and Ellie's good, but, yeah. you know, we'll keep her. We'll keep her there. So it's yeah. it's nice to see her sort of choose as well. Yeah. Well, now that, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm sorry. I was about to say something I probably shouldn't have said. So oh. forget. We'll just cut that part out <laughs> and we will move on. <laughs> so no, I think that's, but I think that's great advice. And I'm, I'm glad that you like, I'm glad that you like tennis to go with it. I you, do. And I, and, uh, and I also like swimming because 
you know, that's something you can do when you're not playing golf, when you're not playing tennis. It's another individual sport where you get to get in f- good physical shape mm-hmm. and you get to push yourself and you get to develop all your hand-eye coordination and all your athleticism. Mm-hmm. And, and I like swimming a lot. So if you want to have her do something else, that's another thing that can really make her a super athlete. That's awesome. Yeah, she yeah. was on the swim team for a long time, and she's like, Mom, this is just not my gig. <laughs> she, she, when she was little, and then I did a couple of their drills uh-huh. at swim practice one morning, I was like, God, I don't blame you. Yeah. This is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I the same thing. We, we had to swim in high school one, one gym period a week. Had a big 25-meter Olympic pool mm-hmm. in a natatorium in the high school. Oh, there you go. And uh, first day in there, everybody just had to dive in, and you know, if you told the coach you could swim, prove right. it. Sure. So I dove in. I did the breaststroke for a lap of the pool. I get to the end. He goes, you, come here. And I was like, what? what? And he said, we need you on the swim team. I want you here. Every- oh. Well, the next day I went and all I did was swim laps for 40 minutes. I couldn't get out of the pool. <laughs> it was like rubber. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know? it's tough. No, but it's tough. a great, but physically it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Physically it's amazing. I have, you know, I have it's a question. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I'm having a hard time yeah. picturing in my mind young John. <laughs> Swimming yeah. in the pool in his speedos. I, the question I have, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm trying to block that out. Yeah. That yeah. Thanks for that visual. image. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, let me give awesome. you. Let me give you this image. It was it was 1970, and the picture is even worse than that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So and I get to sit was, here. <clears throat> was not like if this was some of my other friends, I would ask, you know, what does a beluga whale look like? But <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I, I won't do that with you, John, because I know that's. Not, um, oh, that's but, great. I got to show but, you pictures from high school, man. You won't recognize me. Well, you know, here's the question that I really have is when the coach said, hey, come here, we want you on the swim team. Did he say, but you got to shave that mustache? No, but I did, I did dislocate a finger in gym class and, and Coach Barry, the football coach, was, co- was teaching the gym class. He said, yeah, you wouldn't hurt your finger if you cut your freaking hair. Oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. 70 I, sounds about right. I cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> right. I bet. I bet. So yeah, so that's the good. I mean, that is the good thing I will say from what we've seen is that is that you know they're not these girls aren't being driven to to burn out. I heard Ellie played um, with a girl in a match and and she was telling me about this girl and you know Ellie's like oh she's so pretty and she had a great swing and she was mm-hmm. so nice and whatever. But then you know we're just on the ride home. Yeah, and I'm like oh that's awesome and she, you know gay and because she you know she's very complimentary of other girls. Right. She doesn't have one of those mean streaks. And she goes, but mom, it was like, this girl was like almost cussing herself out uh, when she'd missed something. And she was like talking to herself like the whole time. And she would actually, I don't remember the girl's name, but she would say, that's not how you get in college. That's not how you get a scholarship. Ooh, sounds and like I, somebody's and, had that drilled and, into her head. And right? I was like, oh my God. And I, I felt horrible. I was like, mm-hmm. Ellie, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we, your dad might be competitive and like, you know, I, I'll I'll support you and like push you whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I was like, but oh my god! I was like, that's awful. I was like, what do you think that's from? Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, she told us. You know, it, she didn't want to go home and tell her dad. Mm-hmm. I said, God, I mean, my heart sunk yeah. as a mother. I was like, honey, you will never ever hear that yeah. from us. Like, I just felt, I just felt awful. Sporting dads can really be the uh, well. The it drawback. can be moms. It can be any sport. Yeah, parents, you know, yeah. it can be any, 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 and and whatever. And I know that some, I because Ellie's dad is super, super competitive. I mean, yeah. he won the men's doubles and singles at the boat club with a torn calf, <laughs> like last year. Okay, so he's almost like yeah. stupid. Yeah. So I mean, you know, <laughs> almost <but> that's him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just his thing. So we've just been careful to not have his competitive, right? You know yeah. that takeover. Yeah. And and Ellie got to see this, and I said, "How'd you How'd you feel?" She goes, "I felt horrible." Yeah. And she was doing really good. The girl was doing really good, but yeah. Ellie was like neck and neck, and yeah, not doing good enough. I just felt bad. Yeah. yeah I just don't ever want that. that you know? So don't do that, people. Yeah, Come on, don't do, do that, that to your kids. Because the kids tell the other kids. I mean, yeah. she told like whatever you know story she was yeah. telling the girls. After, you know, like, oh, 
I mean, she was mortified. These girls are 14. You're afraid to go home and tell your dad you lost. There's something wrong there, man. Yeah. So let's, yeah. So that's, that's what I liked about that's. And I refer back to that show 18 months ago uh-huh. about drive, you know, letting her, it's her drive. It's her goal. It's, it's her, her thing. Yeah. I pay in a drive. Uh, if you want to uh, <laughs> and feed her, maybe uh, <laughs> and buy stuff. feed your family's love for golf and see how far they can take it. We've uh, got some folks who've got a place you can go. And uh, we're going to talk to them when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. And we will still be those weekend golf guys in about two and a half minutes when we come back. Stay with us. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.